Welcome to this episode of The Shredder Show. Today we have an appearance I made recently on Great Friends and my Irish brother from another mother, Brian Keane's podcast, where I discuss in detail the reality when it comes to the danger zone of dieting, how to, to achieve an extreme transformation, and also reverse dieting the process. So how we go from getting super lean and then how we get ourselves out of that situation, uh, incrementally bringing our food up whilst keeping an awesome condition, awesome shape. So this is a, a little guest appearance I had on Brian's podcast. So I'm going to share it with you guys because we've had some amazing feedback. So listen in, let us know what you think and drop me a message afterwards. It's, it's a pleasure as always, because I know uh, our conversations, I always come out a bit hugely inspired because I appreciate you and your amazing mindset that you have. So you add a huge amount of value to my life and like hundreds of thousands of people around the world. Uh, thank you, mate. That's the exact same. That's why I love our conversations because they're always so natural and flowy because we there's so many things we can talk about because we have a lot of overlapping philosophies when it comes to mindset. But tell everybody listening, they will be familiar with you from the two episodes we've done before, 238 and episode 255, which I'll link in the show notes. But tell everybody what you've been up to over the last couple of months. Uh, so the last couple of months, it's been a slightly turbulent time for I think everyone in the world, I think we'll admit. But uh for me, it's really just been knuckling down uh, work-wise. I've been very, very busy. We've had, like the situation that's happened recently, people more now than ever have had a, a real issue in terms of how do they get in shape and have a lot more stress in their life. So, um, and respectfully, I have an amazing solution for that with the programs I offer. And um, so I've been very fortunate that my business has, has scaled quite a lot and been very lucky in that respect to help thousands of people all over the world. So I've been really like nailing down on infrastructure of everything with that. And then probably just, in some respects neglecting myself a bit and like enjoyment a little bit and just like going all in on work which i think in some periods in life you have to um because at the moment like my my other big passion other than fitness is traveling and obviously you can't really do a lot of that at the moment so i'm like okay let's just do loads of work and then when you can travel and like enjoy yourself a bit i'll, I'll have some time off to to uh, explore the world a bit more so for me i've really just been knuckling down on the work front of things had a few, quite a few exciting new projects gone live um and then yeah very much looking forward to the tail end of the year and hopefully we'll come back to normal soon yeah fingers crossed like it's uh it's looking like another year of this and it's very much the new normal and kind of adjusting life to the environment and the way things are at the minute but there's a few topics charlie we're going to keep kind of a we're going to merge very similar to what we did in the first two episodes we're going to talk a little bit about your background because i've been following i've been on your instagram we've been friends for ages now but i follow i get your updates on instagram and there's a few things that i want to pull out definitely and i want to pick your brain on but we're going to start today's podcast similar to the last one where we pick a topic and then we bounce back and forth on that because I know people loved that flow last time. Um, and the one that I want to start with from you is something that I'm very curious myself is on your Instagram page, on your website, on your social media, you, when I send, because I send people your way, one of the things I love about this podcast is I'll send people to you, Charlie, I'll send people to Paul Dermody, to Rebecca O'Rourke, people who I think are better fits for certain people. But when somebody comes to me and they're like, look, I need an extreme transformation, something very dramatic. I'm like, okay, Charlie's your man. I'm like, Charlie knows how to get you into that last 5% that not other coaches on the planet can do and not every coach on the planet can do. So I want to start on dramatic transformations, Charlie. What is it or what advice would you offer people and what's your philosophy when it comes to dramatic transformations i'm not talking even you know the sustainable you know x amount of body fat you're talking like for those who have not seen your instagram page you've got some crazy transformation physiques with guys and girls what's your advice to people when it comes to getting or those that want to have a dramatic physical transformation so there's two things here that I think are firstly 
paramount so point number one is having a plan and a structure and having like a specific end goal in in line so like you have to have some specificity to pronounce the words um if you don't have like a specific date or a goal like a shoot or something like that that's going to put you under pressure then like respectively you're going to be doing a photo shoot in say for example four weeks you don't want to be standing up there looking like a prat like out of shape like you psychologically know the pressure is on that i'm gonna have to take my top off people gonna take photos of me i need to be in good condition so firstly i would say like have a plan of okay what's the end objective we want how do i want to look on x date have a specific date and a reason why you want to be in shape for that day whether it be a holiday photo shoots you're competing whatever it might be and then actually have a structured plan in place to get there like i actually said on another podcast this morning it's one of the things that i'm a big fan of is like that saying that um if you fail to prepare prepare to fail because you have to be organized and structured and like respectfully getting super shred and super lean isn't necessarily rocket science but it's a, a method and it's a process as is everything in life so you have to have a clear structure and a plan be consistent with it and then like as a coach what i will do with every client individually is we will make like incremental adjustments as you go through the process because respectfully i have no idea how your body's going to react to anything and anyone who tells you that they can tell you that in oh three to four weeks we're going to increase your carbs drop your carbs add cardio like that's complete bs because no one can tell you for 100 percent certainty like this is what your body will do i've got a very good guess what will happen with most people through experience but the whole point of a coaching process is to adjust based upon the client's progress uh, their biofeedback from their body and like how far the end goal is in line so Point number one, really be have like an overall plan and structure in place. And then the second point, which I think is where most people fall off the wagon is getting your mindset in the right place because the body will only go where the mind is willing to take it. And you have to really have everything around you set up to help you with your end goal. So if your partner, for example, isn't on board for you getting super shredded and getting in shape, she's been constantly trying to lure you out for dinner, gonna put like crappy food in front of you, and making it difficult oh you're going to the gym again you're, you're training again you're doing xyz like you need to have a support network around you of people who understand what your goals and visions are and what, what you want to achieve um, and what i would suggest to everyone and i recommend this to clients is like at the start of this process if you've got a partner is actually sit them down and say look this is what i want to do in 12 weeks this is really important for me these are the reasons why um it might be challenging it might be a bit difficult in relationship times but you'll love me at the end of it and uh, we'll learn a lot about ourselves through the process, which everyone will do. So first I'll say get as well, get your support network around you correct and also get your mindset correct because respectfully, it won't be easy if you're looking to try and get that lean. It is a bit shit and it is crappy and it is difficult at times. But one of the things I always think is, I haven't been through the process a few times myself, is that generally the days you feel your worst, the next day you look your best. And also that psychological win of like pushing through when you feel crap and you still do it, you still tick, stick your diet, still stick your program, it's so empowering because you'll know as well as I do, Brian, that once you've achieved that and you've gone through things you didn't think you can do, you feel like you can do anything. And then like at the end of that process, once you've got completely transformed your physique, if you look back to the person you were at the start, like physically you might be different, but psychologically and mentally you're a completely different animal. Like the, you will view the world in a completely different way with a glass half full mindset of a, a go-getter growth mindset because you can believe you can achieve things whereas like in particular what's going on at the moment around the world everyone's very much living in fear and very closed-minded um, i'm not sure if you would agree with that brian 
Oh, I think that's such great advice. There's a few things I'm going to pull out there that you mentioned, Charlie, like that self-discipline that you build from getting into incredible shape. I think it's very similar to people who train for a marathon or ultra marathons or endurance events. It's it, getting into incredible physical shape where you're very, very lean and you're at your physical peak, guy or girl. I think you get so much more from it that's intangible, the psychological benefit, the confidence that comes with that, the self-discipline and exercising that muscle. I think for that alone, I recommend it to most people to experiment with, you know, pushing the boundaries of their, you know, physical body or whether that's through endurance or through running or through um, uh, actual physical transformation in terms of reduction of body fat I couldn't recommend it enough and one of the things I want to ask you Charlie for sure is most of the people that I work with it's, we work with not I won't say we work with similar people but definitely the people I send your way are always those five percenters the ones that are ready to push to the next level to get to that insane level of body fat or that insane level of physical transformation and I on my side work a lot more with sustainability for people so what can you stick to so I'll always sacrifice a something that's not necessarily optimal for something that's more sustainable just because that's who I work with even though similar to you having done a lot of those physical transformations myself you can cater to other people it's just that I think there's better people out there who can serve that audience you being one of those people what from your experience do you find that when you're working with somebody that is looking for something more sustainable versus a traumatic transformation, that there's a different commitment level required from that type of person who's looking to get that dramatic change? Yeah, I think there's very much, um, and it's a sliding scale. So for example, when at the start of the process, you can be a little bit more lenient, maybe if that's the right word to use, like you can get away with like five to 10% margin of error with things, like things can go on the slide a bit and you'll still make progress. Um, but as you get leaner and leaner and leaner and as you ascend the mountain of shreddedness, whatever you want to call it, um, you will find that it then becomes harder and harder and harder to, for your body to burn body fat because your body's trying to go into a place where it doesn't want to go. And that's where you really have to knuckle down and tighten things up. And that's where things get slightly more difficult. And that's where a lot of people fold. And that's where the importance of coaching comes in because it's providing support and accountability, um, which is one of the things I do with clients now. We have two group video calls a week and it's the psychological challenge is the big challenge when it comes to people getting in shape is just keeping people motivating keeping people like believing they can do it and i feel that's my greatest gift is giving people the belief that they can go through and achieve their goals because the reality is we can all do it but just mentally whether we're our heads in the right space to do so and whether we can get ourselves through that process because as we get leaner and leaner it will get more difficult and more difficult can everyone get to 10 percent body fat for example without um, without having to suffer too much. Yeah, 100%. Like, I can get pretty lean and sort of cruise into it. But if I want to get like competition lean, then that's, that last four weeks is a bit, little bit like taking your soul. And you're at the point where, like, I remember the first time I competed, I was literally like counting down the days of like, I just want to get this over and done with now, which isn't necessarily the right mindset. But as I said earlier, like the confidence and belief that I had in myself that I could endure something like that. Um, and get to the end of it and then achieve my own goal was hugely empowering that completely transformed my life when I was probably 25 26 um, and which really led me into the fitness industry from there onwards to be honest with you so like my advice to everyone would be like you can keep pushing yourself and keep getting leaner and leaner and the reality is it's just how far do you want to go with it if that makes sense and what are you willing to commit because as you said like commitment and dedication are the two things that as you get down 
to the lower body fat percentages you just have to like tighten up those little percentages here and there whether it be making sure you sleep correctly managing your stress getting enough steps in daily not picking on the extra bit of chicken or whatever you're when you're meal prepping those sort of things are incrementally what what compound to make the ultimate end result it's so funny that's those marginal gains at that level and just to give context because long-term listeners of this podcast i'm always telling people you know don't sweat the little stuff if weight loss is your goal i'm like work on getting into a calorie deficit and then include foods that you enjoy and then it's just sustainability and adherence after that whereas when it comes to dramatic transformation those marginal gains the extra little bit of protein the carb split or the macro split or the low intensity cardio at the end of a session those small things add up massively when you're trying to go from 10 percent to 9% body fat or lower and I think context is key which brings me on to the marginal gain that I've talked on this podcast in the past and I think this is a really good place to bring it back up and that's fat burners so not necessarily you know caffeine in general but like the over-the-counter fat burners the um you know oxy shred 5000 <laughs> the animal cuts 7 million or whatever the, the, the brand of fat burners are I'm actually quite a big fan of people using it when it's a when they're looking to get to that level of body fat. So either in a uh, competition or photo shoot. I don't work with those people in that demographic anymore. But back when I used to, when I was doing one to one prep with people, I would be a fan of using fat burners as a tool. You know, it was on top of cardio, on top of carb cycling, on top of calorie manipulation, etc. What are your thoughts on fat burners in particular when it comes to dramatic transformation? Uh, so my, my opinion on this is fairly varied, to be honest with you. So uh, do I think they necessarily aid with fat loss? I'm very 50-50. So in my opinion, like the ones actually, so most of them, for example, the, the two that I have used the last few years personally would be um, the Destiny Fat Burner from Muscle Nation and then an Adapt Lean from Adapt Nutrition, um, both of which are basically caffeine-based. Um, and like you're supposed to use in pre-workout and do I personally think they make you burn more fat? Um, indirectly, yes, because if you're going to have caffeine, it's a stimulant, it'll be making you more active, it's going to raise your heart rate, you'll probably be able to train harder, you'll be able to do your cardio with more intensity, you'll burn more calories. Do I think it's necessarily, like, other than the caffeine, do I think many of the active ingredients in them are really going to make much difference? No. Is it going to do any harm? No. If I had the money to invest in doing it, would I do it? Yes. But if I couldn't afford that or a coach or someone to do a training program for me, then I would focus on the, the, the diet first because that's one of the things you will know as well. I do, Brian. The thing I find so frustrating is that so many people lean on supplements as a first answer, like take this pill, drink this powder, do the booty and you'll lose weight. Whereas like reality is if you've got someone to educate you in terms of this is what you should be eating, these are when you should be eating these types of food at X or Y times, you will progress a thousand times faster and you'll also become more educated at the process than rather than trying to look for a band-aid solution. But um, overall, to summarize, yes, I do think they're worth having. I do think they're worth taking, providing you have the budget to facilitate that, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. They were something that I used when I used to compete because I was one of the very fortunate people who never really lost any muscle when I was prepping and dieting down. I'm, you know, a five foot eight, but like a hobbit, like a farmer builds. I'm, I, I don't lose muscle very easily, but I used to really struggle to get my body fat down. So I think it definitely works and can serve as a tool. Even psychologically, it's because you're, you know, it's the stimulants. You're, you're going to have appetite suppression effects of caffeine and stimulants as well, which 
which can help with a reduction in calories, which can help in fat loss reduction. But as you said, and I think it's so important for people to take out here, it can't be the first thing. It can't be the number one priority. And a lot of people make that mistake. Like I've had people on Charlie, I'm, you've definitely had this on your page because of the, the clientele that you work with where they'll come and go, you know, what's the supplement to lose fat? And you'll ask them about their diet or their training. And they're like, well, I haven't done that yet. But the first question they'll ask will be about a supplement and it can't be in that order of priority. When it comes to dramatic transformation, I've got my own opinion on this, but I'm curious to get your take. Would you have training or nutrition as a higher importance when it comes to physically transforming your body in a dramatic way or would you have them as, on, as a 50-50 keel? Um, for me, this is, there's only ever one answer to this and it's nutrition's first because you can have the greatest training program in the world. You can train like an Olymp- you could train like an Olympic athlete, but if your nutrition isn't aligned with your goals, then you won't get lean. And that's just the fact. It's physically impossible. So, the most important thing, in particular, in a fat loss phase, is going to be nutrition and your essentially the basics of um, like thermodynamics in terms of calories in versus calories out. So we need to make sure that your training volume and the amount of calories you're burning on a daily basis is fairly consistent we're aware of what that is and then we can then create a nutrition program based upon that and that's the reality is that if you're like a lot of people if they're not feeling hungry at all and they're in a fat loss phase and they're not losing weight and they think they're in a calorie deficit is chances are you're probably not in a calorie deficit because if you're looking to lose body fat you're probably going to want to feel a little bit hungry here and there and that's a sign that like your diet probably isn't right um, so for me, nutrition will always come first for fat loss, and I'd probably say exactly the same for muscle gain. Because again, if you're not if you're not eating enough calories or getting enough good quality protein in, you're not digesting, assimilating that food, you're not going to be able to build new muscle. Um, I don't know if you'd agree with that, Ryan. No, 100%. I have very little to add to that. I think nutrition plays such a huge role, like training. But when it comes to fat loss. Yeah, training can be useful, obviously, in terms of burning more calories when it comes to muscle gaining and a minimum effective dose in some form of hypertrophy training so that you're able to preserve the muscle you have. But neither of that matters if your nutrition isn't dialed in. So I think that, yeah, there's very little left to add to that. I think you nailed it, Charlie. You mentioned earlier about keeping people motivated, and that's how one of your kind of key aspects of a coach is giving people the belief and i know that from talking to you because the way you have your mindset you're constantly self-evaluating on how you can improve people's lives and i love that about you we've had these conversations on your podcast as well what do you find is the best way or what tools do you use to keep people oh are you are you right beside an airport <laughs> i was like right Sorry, it's a helicopter yeah <laughs> nice i'm out in the country i was like we haven't seen a plane in years um the in terms of motivation what would be your tools or go-tos when it comes to trying to keep people motivated and i know that's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all because it's individual to the person but do you have any general tips or best practices that you use when it comes to keeping people motivated and the reason i ask that is even regardless of starting point for people listening to this podcast whether at the very start of their weight loss journey their muscle building journey they're looking to get a dramatic transformation staying motivated is something that comes up regularly regardless of where you fall on the spectrum in terms of your journey what do you find or what best practices do you generally have when it comes to keeping people motivated on their journey, regardless of what that is, but we can keep it specific to dramatic transformation now if it helps. Uh, but what are your thoughts on that? Um, this, I would agree, is probably one of the most common questions I get. And there's, there's two things I think here of 
paramount importance that I really like nail down on people on. And the first one is everyone hates doing it and it's shit and you're not going to like doing it. It's taking your first progress vote when you first start and everyone hates it. Everyone complains about doing it. But this is one of the most useful tools for the moment when you have self-doubt is because in five, six, seven, eight, whenever, whenever you start to feel like, oh, I'm not making progress, I'm not getting where I want to be, I'm getting frustrated, look back to week one. Just flick between the two photos and put them side by side and you'll literally, providing you're making progress and you've got a good coach, um, you will be like, you're instantly motivated because you'll see how far you've come. And it's just sometimes having that raw evidence put straight in front of you and particularly when it's personal and it's you, you can then see how far you've come. Like that for me, I think is the most empowering thing anyone can have is to see their own progression because with progression, you get momentum. And then when you have moments of self-doubt, like we all do, like you do, Brian, I do, like everyone has that and that's completely normal. But like one of the things I do personally myself um, is I'll, I'll go back and reflect, okay, like where were, where was I three months ago? Where was my physique three months ago? Where was my business three months ago? Where was X, Y, Z? And like, even if you're not progressing in one aspect of your life, then there's always going to be other areas you've been improving on. Um, so that would be first and foremost, would be looking back through progression in terms of your physique. And I'd also look at maybe um, outside, maybe you're getting sort of shredded, normal training. I'd be looking at, okay, what, how are my lifts progressing? Am I stronger? Could I, can I bench press an extra 10 kilos than I could do 12 weeks ago? Like find those wins and really focus in now down those wins and then what i like to do with clients is like almost think okay so you've made this much progress in six weeks what can you do in 24 weeks just trust the process and we will get you there and that that would be the first thing i'd look at and then secondly would be looking for um a big win at the end of the journey or whatever the initial goal is so for a lot of clients i suggest having some sort of celebration if they're doing a photo shoot like the day afterwards go and enjoy yourself somewhere go stay in a hotel for a weekend break go away and travel if you can do and like have something to look forward to because there's so important with the brain having like a reward mechanism once you've achieved something and i think a lot of people like myself and probably you brian are very type a personalities are like go-getters you you achieve one goal and then you're like what do i do now like go on to the next one and like sometimes that can leave you feeling very vacant but i actually think it's very important that you celebrate all of the wins and you also have that planned celebration in front of you for that win so that we can make sure that you're there ready to go, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. From what I'm hearing you say for people listening is it's the focusing on the little wins and then focusing on the big win at the end. But what I really took from that, Charlie, that I think would be very useful for people is you have to be very specific on what your goal is. Um, and that reminds me, I was having a conversation yesterday with a girl who was asking about my program, work, looking to work with me directly, and she wasn't clear. She was like, I want to lose weight. I'm like, okay. I was like, why do you want to lose weight? She's like, oh, I, I don't know. I'm like, okay, so well, I was like, I probably wouldn't buy a program until you know why you want to lose weight. She was like, well, I have weight to lose. I'm like, I was like, do you really think that's going to help you make the change? And she was like, yeah, probably not. And then she was like, well, I've actually been on loads of programs before. None of them worked. And I'm like, ah, yes. <laughs> I'm like, that might be worth checking in with. Um, and I think from the front end, regardless of whether your transformation is dramatic, whether it's just looking to drop a couple of dress sizes, whether it's looking to step on stage or run a marathon, you need to be clear on what your goal is from the get-go because then you can focus on those small wins and then you can focus on that big win at the end. And that's what keeps you motivated. You know, tell me what you do every day i'll tell you where you'll be in a year it's not necessarily about how you feel every day it's about what you do every day but you can make that process easier if you focus on those little wins and focus on the big wins at the end which brings me on to the next thing charlie what happens or what do you 
recommend to people when they fall off track? Um, not necessarily just weekends. When I think falling off track, generally people's mind will jump to, I'm really good Monday to Friday and they fall off track at weekends. But you know that can be any day of the week for people or any week of the month for people. What's your recommendation to people you work with when it comes to they message you and they're like, look, I've fallen off track for the weekend or I've fallen off track for the week. What's your kind of next step for those people? Uh, interesting. I, should, I recorded a podcast on this this morning. I think weekends is the real danger zone for a lot of people. And there's two another danger zone that I'll talk about briefly in a second. And the reality is that, like, it's a bit of a corny saying, but, like, everyone will fail, everyone will make mistakes. Greatest athletes in the world, like Michael Jordan, he'll have day where he balls us up, and that's fine. But there's a saying that champions never fail twice. So, okay, it's fine. Like, today you, you made a mistake, you did whatever – you missed, missed a training session or you messed up on your diet, that's cool and that's completely fine. We're all human and that's the reality. But the goal then is to get back on track as quickly as possible and try not to then create a habit of, of losses. So we want to try and get back into the next day and think, okay, I, I, I failed yesterday, I didn't achieve sticking to my diet, didn't do my training. Let's focus on making today as good as possible. Let's make today the perfect day win that day and then chances are then you win the next day and then success breeds success and you end up with momentum which will then carry you forward from there so my big thing for everyone is just like forget about it start fresh and just get back going in from there so that's point number one the other thing i'd suggest is like a big thing is like the danger zone the danger hour where people tend to mess up their diets and that's generally in the evening because no one is going to go smash a bag of like digestive a pack of digestive biscuits at nine o'clock in the morning normally um but come i don't know between eight to ten in the evening that's the danger zone so that's when i try and say to people like look you've got your whole diet done perfectly today you trained you've ticked all the boxes you're down to make awesome progress here don't ruin everything with five minutes of madness in the evening where you want to go and have a, like some biscuits or some other actually crap like that so those would be the two things I'd really say is like watch out for the danger zone in the evenings and then when you do fall off track, which is fine and completely normal, then just get back on track as you can. That diet danger zone between 8 and 10 was literally the reason I, well, second secondary reason that I incorporated time-restricted eating um, was to to get on track with that. It was two reasons. Back in 2018, I've been doing time-restricted eating, eating all my meals between a eight and 10 hour window. And one was become more fat adapted for endurance events. But the second was because I found myself munching on fucking chocolate in front of the TV every evening at like eight o'clock. So now I have a, a 6 p.m. cutoff time that I don't eat anything after 6 p.m. I go to bed earlier than most people. Um, and I think that's a really useful thing to be aware of. I love that, the the danger zone. That I'm going to call it the diet danger zone for people. <laughs> that, that eight to 10 in the evening where you're just sitting down watching Gogglebox or some shit on TV and you've got a bag of crisps and chocolate, like which is great you know and by all means at times there's definitely a time and a place for it but if that's becoming a you know a habit of losses as you said that's the words that i that you use that i love um you don't want to have that compounding over time especially if you've got a weight loss or fat loss goal it's just probably not going to support that um again time and a place context matters quantity matters dangers in the dose um but it's definitely something to be aware of um the other thing i wanted to definitely touch on charlie because we've covered the dramatic transformations, we've covered falling off track at the weekends and that reset, you know, the mindset and mantra I try and get people to adapt is, right, you reset and you go again. 
And the last thing that I wanted to touch on when it comes to dramatic transformation, and I've been asked this a lot on my Instagram, and I haven't covered it in too much detail on the podcast, but I actually think you're the best person to ask on this, and that is reverse dieting. So when it comes to hitting a fat loss goal, or you've done a photo shoot, or your equivalent to a photo shoot, whatever it is you're trying to do in terms of getting really lean or just hitting your end target, how do you approach or what do you advise people approach or what best practices do you advise people consider when it comes to reverse dieting out? Because it's great being 10% body fat, you know, 2% body fat, but it's impossible to maintain that or even maintain a healthy or balanced lifestyle with it because it takes quite extreme, you know, extreme changes to get extreme results. So reverse dieting is critical where you're bringing yourself back out into a, a normal kind of dieting, eating regimen. What's your process for reverse dieting with people? Okay, so the answer to this is, was with most nutritional things is it depends. But the reality is for most people, if they've had to go very low on calories, what I tend to like to do with a lot of people is bump them up quite quickly from the start. So the reason for this is two-sided. So firstly, like your body's like, going to be depleted as hell it's going to be craving nutrients and food like crazy and so we we actually human nature is that once our goal has been completed and then our hormones going crazy we want loads of food what's going to happen it's then going to lead you into most likely binge eating eating crap food or going down a slippery slope which is what you see a lot of people do when they first start um when they first compete after the first show they tend to blow up and wait within a week or two and the reality of this is because they go completely off the wagon of being super structured uh, to then just eat whatever the hell they want, mostly crap food. So how we combat this is I would generally tend to push calories up quite quickly. Um, as for example, say five to 700 calories the first week, just to like refill that client back up with food and make it good quality food. So if you add 500 to 700 calories in as an example from good quality food and they haven't been eating much before, they're going to be pretty full. So the reality is that that's going to curb off the um, appetite and huge hunger swings they're having. Also adding in some decent quality fats is a very good way to control hunger levels and improve the hormone levels when, you're, when you've been very lean because hormonally your body can become a bit all over the place, um, in particular with women. So first and foremost, that's what I've looked to do is bump calories up probably quite quickly at the start, uh, depending on the individual. And then inc incrementally from there onwards, what I would look to do is just start to keep adding carbohydrates in, uh, but based upon, on a weekly basis, based upon the client's biofeedback, their body composition, and like their progression with their training. Because the reality is if we start to add nutrients back in, we should see strength levels start to shoot back up. Um, and that's where I would really start to focus on would be adding in mainly from carbohydrates, calories, and then reviewing it on a weekly basis and with a view to incrementally taking that up whilst trying to keep uh, body fat down and body weight down. You are going to have some climbing body weight because this is one of the things like the scales are, are, are the devil and a lie. Like people will look at the weight and they're on the scales and see it's going up. But like you've added, say, 700 calories to your diet a day, you're going to be eating a hell of a lot more guess what? You're probably going to be weighing more as well because your stomach and digestive system is more full with food and you're also going to be more, more replenished with glycogen than when you were super uh, depleted when you did a, a shoot or a competition or you got in shape for a holiday. So the scales are a dirty little liar, so ignore those and just focus <laughs> on your own goal um, and like just take things slowly, slowly. So initially I would have a bit of a bump and then I'd incrementally 
probably add calories in from there onwards whilst trying to keep the client lean. But the big, big key point here is keeping the client's mindset on point and keeping them structured because if you give them free reign after that point, uh, that's when all hell breaks, breaks loose. So I'm not sure if that's what you've done in the past, Ryan, and that's what you've seen happen with people, but that's from my own personal experience. Yeah, to kind of start with the end there that you mentioned about making sure the mindset is right, like one of the things that I'll tell people, not so much now because I don't reverse people out of photo shoots, but I will reverse people out of having worked with Weight Watchers or Slimming World where, or, or they came off the back of a fad diet where their calories were really, really low and you have to reverse diet those people as well just for for a multitude of reasons but normally just to um, get their body back fueled but there's another approach that I'm going to add here just because Charlie mentioned there's generally two approaches to reverse engineering or reverse dieting that I would generally approach and one is what Charlie said where you bump the calories initially and then incrementally put them back up the other approach just to consider for people listening is the um, incremental increase so if you have if your dieting calories was say 1600 say 2000 calories just to keep the math really easy and your maintenance is 3000 calories another approach would be that you would gradually increase by 100 calories you know over the space of say 10 weeks till you got back up to your maintenance that's another reverse dieting approach and um, both work, can work it's just very much down to finding what works better for the individual i always found the way that charlie said there the way that you mentioned mate that was always the approach i liked on the back end of shows and shoots because it meant i got to eat more food initially and i had my mindset right that i wouldn't press the fuck it button just because i wasn't dieting anymore i would have a big increase in calories and then I would gradually increase them week on week until I got back to my maintenance or back to a surplus based on whatever the current goal was if it was to add size get bigger get stronger etc uh, but I find with some of my females in particular they don't like that jump up in calories or else their digestive system isn't even ready to handle that increase in calories so that other approach can work really well where it's a gradual 100 calorie increase for example over the space of you know several weeks six seven eight nine ten weeks um, until you're back out at maintenance so that's one that's worth considering as well um, i'm curious charlie do you prefer and it might be the same but do you prefer working with males or females or do you have a preference or what if you can handpick what do you prefer to work with in terms of gender in terms of dramatic transformations with people um or do you have a preference i don't necessarily have a preference but i think each have their own whims i think in a lot of respect i find that women are probably better clients to some degree in the respect they tend to be more adherent I tend to take advice on board and are very consistent and meticulous. I think, this is with all due respect, I think women sometimes, some women can get a little bit more emotional as they get leaner and into the, the fat loss phase. They get very paranoid about the scales. And like what you mentioned there about uh, reverse dieting, exactly the same thing. As soon as you put any calories in, they're like, oh, am I going to gain weight? It's like, just relax, just trust me. Like, it, that, that's what I would say. I think that women can be a little bit more touchy around the scale sometimes but i think overall they're amazing clients i think women as well who can train hard can actually often train harder than a lot of men um which might seem counterintuitive but uh, i have no preference between the two they're just slightly different but it, it depends on the mindset of the individual which you, which you learn through the coaching process if that makes sense yeah 100 percent, charlie what do you see is the biggest difference between people looking for something more long-term and sustainable with their body composition versus those who are seeking dramatic transformation. Um, is there, what, what's the biggest difference in terms of um, the people that you work with or that you've seen? Because I know you work with people across all ends of the spectrum as well. But what's the biggest difference you see with people? Is it that the 
ones that are looking for the more dramatic transformation, do they need to have a different mindset completely coming into it than somebody looking for sustainability? Or do you shift the focus on more nutrition? So for example, the reason I asked that question is because I work largely with sustainability, sustainable weight loss, sustainable fat loss, you know, body compositional change in a very healthy way for people. My approach would always be nutrition first over everything. It's like, okay, look, you don't even need to work out and you can still lose weight and lose body fat. I'm like, as long as you're in a calorie deficit and you're moving, you're focusing on your niche, your non-exercise activity, thermogenesis, your steps, your standing, I'm like, your body will lose body fat. So I I would have a huge focus on nutrition over everything because that's who I work with and obviously the mindset to be patient and trust the process and make sure that you're doing something you can stick to but when it comes to your experience with people what's the main difference when somebody comes to you looking for something more sustainable versus somebody who comes to you looking for something more dramatic what would be what's the main differences you see in those type of people or even in your approach towards those type of people to be honest with you, that's probably the main clientele I actually love working with because they're the people who come to you and like genuinely I can change their lives because they're in a situation that might be getting to their late 30s, 40s. They think this is the last chance. I'm never going to be able to get in shape. They've almost lost hope. And without sound corny, like I want to be that last hope that I know that I like 100% I can change anyone. And it's just them giving the confidence to help, like to work with me and like adapt things around their lifestyle. And the big thing for people who are looking for a sustainable approach is exactly that. It's like finding a way so we can build this into your routine so you can get results. So if someone came to me, for example, and they're like, okay, I need to lose 20 kilos of body fat, but I can only train twice a week. I'd be like, cool, that's fine. Like you, you can get results with anyone. Like you could create a diet, which was not ever advised this, but like the Mars bar diet where people only eat Mars bars and they could lose weight and you just did a bit of exercise. Like, there is a million different ways to get the end result and it's just trying to optimize it around the client's lifestyles, their mindset, the stresses they have, whether people are their business, the kids, family, and just trying to really build it around them. That that's that's the pivotal the pivotal key in making it sustainable. So and like one of the things in terms of sustainability is like people have to enjoy the process. So if they hate doing something, they're not gonna to wanna to do it and they're not gonna do it. And ultimately they'll stop at some point. So one of the big things that I do with clients to try and help with adherence with food and making sure that people have something to look forward to is what I call the free meal method, where basically the weekend they can go out and they can have one meal, like with family, friends, kids, whatever. You can have whatever you want, like ideally not junk food, but you can have whatever you want, keep it for the last meal for the day. Um, and that I find is one of the pivotal things as well as it, because it works almost as like a reward mechanism because for the week they're like, okay, I can work really hard for the weekend. I can look forward to Saturday night. I can go out for steak and chips or I can have, uh, Turkish mixed grill or whatever you want and that's really what I find is once you find a way to build the program around the client's lifestyle you give them some reward, re reward mechanisms like having the free meal in there at the week and then you also provide some accountability and support in the community uh, which is like why I do video calls with clients as a group and we have Facebook groups and things like that just to create like a, a supportive network so people don't feel like they're going through this journey on their own because if you're if you're a dad in a family, for example, and you've got a wife and two kids, like you doing this on your own and training your own is a very lonely process. So I think the more we like people like yourself and me, Brian, can help create a community around people doing these um, transformations and changing their lives, the easier it will be for people to stick to and then ultimately transform their life for the long run, not just for twelve weeks, if that makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Like the one of the 
best things that I did with my program a couple of years ago was setting up the Facebook group for the six weeks when you were t- I was taking people through the first phase because of the accountability, obviously, in that. But the community aspect, when you get a group all together and everybody's pushing in the same direction, people have slightly different goals, obviously, but everyone is trying to either improve their mindset and improve their body composition or a combination of those two things. And being in a place like Facebook groups or video calls, like you said, I think that's so important for just the the motivation. We talked about it earlier because that definitely serves as motivation for people because you're seeing other people on the same journey as you. I know that helps me even personally. Charlie, when it comes to sustainability, what's the biggest misconception you see around sustainability? And the reason I bring that up is the one that I see just to kind of kind of frame this one is I'll have people come to me and they won't believe that they can have their favorite foods every day. And I know you talked about this on Instagram recently that you don't have to restrict certain foods to get in shape. And I have a lot of people that I've worked with in the past who have the misconception that they can't eat, you know, a chocolate bar every day. I'm like, well, I'm like, you can. I'm like, if weight loss is your goal or fat loss is your goal and it's in a calorie control plan and that's helping you adhere and stick to your diet long term, I'm like, of course, that will work really well. And that's one of the misconceptions that, I generally see with people around sustainability and that's like, you know, insert chocolate bar, insert any food in there, um, you know, because the context matters, the, the calories matter. It just means you need to adjust elsewhere. There's lots of different moving parts with that. But when it comes to sustainability, what are some of the main or the main misconceptions that you generally see with the people you're working with or the people that are following you on Instagram? So you took the first one that I was going to talk about, which was in terms of food. So I'll go on to the next one, which is um, people say they have a lack of time and they don't want to be in the gym every day. And that, like, and again, as I was saying earlier and alluded to earlier, like the reality is we can build something around you and your lifestyle. So say, for example, you said you can only get into training train the gym twice a week, three times a week. Okay, that's fine. You can build, um, you could do three full body workouts a week, which would be more than enough to get in like awesome shape. Or you can do two workouts a week. Like that. that's the reality is just having things structured and programmed correctly in terms of the training to get the result. But that also has to be combined with the correct nutrition and diet for for the end goal um, and we'd obviously we just adjust the calories depending on that and the same as people say like oh i don't want to be doing endless amounts of cardio every day it's like no, you don't have to do that it's not a problem like we would just adjust your nutrition to um to, to what you can do and, and that's the reality is everything is the answer is it, it depends like you give us the framework of of what you can commit to and then we work around that and i know that's very much what you do and that's what i do and that's how we create sustainable results but that's that's like the, the biggest objection i think you get from people is obviously they don't want to be eating the same food all the time and then also they say they don't have time but in reality the time thing is just an excuse because if you can give two 60 minute workouts a week or three 60 minutes workouts a week that's more than enough for most people um and you just need to have those pro workouts super effective and well planned and then you'll get kick-ass results from there really so that that'd be my big one in terms of time and then the other thing with the time side of things we're just being organized and structured um like one thing I'd say is everyone on a Sunday, like have your week planned, say Monday to Friday to know, okay, these are the times we're going to work out. Uh, I'm going to have, I don't know, Tesco food delivery coming this time. Like if you haven't got time to meal prep, you can buy cooked, pre-cooked like chicken and prawns and like you can get your food delivered by meal prep companies now. Like the reality, there is no excuse on the time front of things. Like, or, or you can get up a little bit earlier. Like we can all find time. It's just like, instead of like, we just need to make things a priority and a must to us. And if it's something that's important, like you will find a way and a fine time to do it. It's like you said about that uh, lady who wanted to lose weight. Like she couldn't tell you why she wanted to lose weight. And that's why she's tried loads of different programs. And the issue isn't that 
the programs she's doing aren't working the common denominator respectfully is her because she hasn't got her mindset right with why she wants to achieve the end objective so she's probably only doing the programs 50 percent and so that probably be my big advice with that yeah my um the analogy i always use with that i didn't say this to the to the woman just because i didn't know her personally but my go-to when i'm chatting to friends or family members is you know if somebody calls you a horse it's you know on them two people call you a horse it's a conspiracy three people call you a horse it's time to get some saddle and some hay like you know if if there's a common expression yeah (laughs) yeah like it's it's a it's a a brian keenism i think um like it's the one i remind myself that if things keep coming back to me and the same and i hear the same feedback for me it was in kind of like um person relationships romantic relationships i'm like i would have the same thing coming back from different people i'm like well either it's a conspiracy that all the girls i've ever met in my life are conspiring against me or i'm the common denominator in the problem here um and i think everybody has a version of thankfully that's not the case anymore but definitely towards my early 20s and mid 20s but the the case a lot of people have that with their weight loss with their programs you know i thought of it instantly with the lady I was chatting to, she was like, I've been on loads of programs and they haven't worked. I'm like, okay. I'm like, do you really think it's the 12 programs that you follow that haven't worked? And I think that's a, it's a good question to ask, you know, and you have to be very mindful how you put that and how you phrase it. But when you're asking it as a self-reflective thing, it's useful. It's something I do myself, Charlie. Like if things come back to me over and over again from different people, especially people I admire and respect, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm like, this is my problem. I was like, right, I need to sort this out. Um, and I think there's a lot of, um you can definitely it's difficult and uncomfortable but so beneficial you know and charlie you said there about not having time like i think the one mindset shift there that has served me more than anything else is that i can't prioritize it like you'll never hear me say anymore i don't have time you know i'll either say that's not important to me or i can't prioritize it because that mindset shift straight away different things come up you know it's like i don't have time to train it's like i can't prioritize training it's like oh that's totally different and or equally as you mentioned you don't have the knowledge in what you need to do to have a minimum effective dose that you don't need to do hours and hours of cardio you don't need to do hours and hours of training maybe you just need to get into the gym or do home workouts twice a week for 40 minutes and just crush that and then dial in your nutrition so that's a knowledge thing meaning that you know you work with charlie or you work with another coach or you work with a trainer and you shorten or or you cut that learning curve so that you're improving your knowledge gap that you have so that you're able to fit it into your lifestyle and fit it into your schedule um charlie there's one other thing that i definitely wanted to touch on just because of it came up in your social media a lot we've talked about this when i was on your podcast we're both massive advocates of mental health and when it comes to physical transformation in any aspect whether that's losing 10 pounds or whether that's getting photo shoot ready where, where do you see the link between mental health and physical health I think it's one of those things it's the link between physical health and mental health is huge and i think a lot of that comes from confidence and as much as people would say oh that's super, super vain narcissistic the reality is if like when i used to play rugby you said it's like you look good feel good play good like if you're happy with who you are and you you like physically in your own skin like that will make you a more confident outgoing person and once you have that mindset like you create more conversations, you'll talk to more people, you'll talk to people who you don't know. And that's how life then spirals to some sort of beautiful, magical story that you can then create for yourself by like having the confidence to become more outgoing. Like naturally, I'm a very introvert person. So like uh, 10 years ago, I wouldn't talk to anyone I didn't know, whereas now I couldn't care less. But it's just having that confidence, I think, almost in who you are. 
And I think also in terms of you progressing and transforming your physique and your body, again, it's that that feeling of self-achievement. Like no one else has done that except for you. Like, like okay, I, you or me can give someone a training program, nutrition program, can help and guide them, but we can't do the workouts. We can't eat the food. Like ultimately, everyone's success in their body of how they look is down to their own hard work, their own consistency, and money can't buy that. And like people know when you look at someone who's in really good shape, like there's some time and effort that's gone into that. That's not by luck, um, no matter how genetically gifted you might be. So I think that in itself gives people a lot of confidence for other aspects of their life. And also if you struggle for confidence now, I'd say getting in shape and starting is the best thing you'll ever do. You can completely change your life and don't get like disheartened that you've got a long way to go because we've got a long way to go we've all got room to progress we can keep improving but just focus on you and your own journey because one of the things i see as well is that people are nervous about going to the gym and other people looking at them or judging them it's like reality you need to screw everyone else and just focus on you and like the end goal should always be with everything in life is just trying to be better than the person you were yesterday and as you said like if you can just create keep doing that on a daily basis if you did that for 365 days, you were better than you were yesterday, then how good could you be in a year's time? How good could you be in five years' time? Um, that's what I'd really focus on. Yeah, I think always working towards that target self, like that's the, the language I always use myself. I'm like, what would my target self do? You know, I know it works here in the case of weight loss, fat loss, body compositional change, but I do it with endurance. Like when I'm running uh, 100 mile ultra marathons or when I ran through the Arctic, I'm like, okay, what would my target self do? I'm like, my target self would get up early and they'd run. My target self would dial in my nutrition and focus on my recovery and sleep. And I think that question can be really, really powerful for people. It's like, no, not, don't ask what you should do now. What would your target self do? What would the best version of you do? I'm like, and then start making decisions that way. Um, you mentioned a really interesting thing there, Charlie, which is a bit of a, a side note that, you know, money can't buy a fit body. And uh, I always think of the line, I think it's from Naval Ravenkant. I love Naval's stuff online. And he talks about the three things that money can't buy, a peaceful mind, a fit body and a loving family. And I'm like, oh, that's uh, I was like, for anyone that ever goes down that, um, you know, golden handcuffs route of, you know, working a job you hate, striving up a corporate ladder, you know, for the money. And that's the end goal. You know, I think that's always a very useful pull back in terms of well there's three things that your money can't buy and there i think that's where the self-achievement comes from that i think a peaceful mind whatever gets you there meditation you know uh, cold exposure therapy heat exposure therapy all of those things really calm my mind um fit body your calories your nutrition your training um, and a loving family and friends i'm like money can't buy that and that's why you get the self-achievement from it because you have to put in the work to get those three things and i think when you do you're a significantly better person for it, or at least the striving towards that makes you more confident. And as you said, and I would be closer to you, Charlie, in the sense that I would be very much a social introvert, that I'm great with people and I love being around people, but my nature is to be a lot more introverted. And I think when you build confidence and you manage self-doubt and you, you just get better with you know, consistently setting targets for yourself and hitting that, you become a different person. And I think physical transformation is a great way to do that. I put a lot of my original confidence down to the first time I stepped on a bodybuilding stage, you know, the 2014 Miami Pro. Like, I was a different person coming out of that because of the process of who I had to become in order to be a person that could step on stage in front of people and not feel nervous about that or feel nervous and feel fearful, but do it anyways. Um, and I think from your the way you share it on your podcast, the way you share it on your Instagram, the way you share it here, anytime we do a podcast, I think it's very evident that you're very similar in the constant search of 
becoming a better version of yourself, working towards your target self. Um, yeah, I love that you put that message. I've gone off on a complete side note tangent on that, um, but I love that, Charlie. So I just have one final question. I actually have two final questions. One is mindset-based and one then is on what you're excited about and looking forward to. The mindset question I wanted to ask you is off the back of our last episode, which was on your podcast, I'll put it in the show notes for people that want to check it out. Definitely go check out Charlie's podcast at the end of this too. But we talked about, because it was at the very start of lockdown, the very start of COVID, and right before we went on air, we were like, fuck, was it that long ago since we were chatting? It's like, shit, when was lockdown? It's like, <laughs> if it, cause it, like was it six months ago? Like, it felt like it just, because it's just a crazy few months. But we talked so much about mindset on there and the power of focusing on the positive things, power of focusing on things within your control, controlling the controllables. But when it comes to your mindset, Charlie, what has been the biggest shift between, say, last year? We recorded our last Q&A on this podcast in December 2019. And because of the whirlwind of the last few months with COVID and lockdown, what's been your biggest mindset shift over the last, say, 11 months or so? It's a very, very good question. Uh, There's a couple of things I'd say here. So one would be be incredibly appreciative of what you have because you never know when it could be taken away because like an example point imagine if you're an airline pilot at the moment and it's not exactly you're in a highly skilled job you're probably earning really good money completely out of your control you've lost your job and now it's probably very difficult to get a job so firstly i'd be very appreciative of okay you might not like your job at the moment or what you do but be incredibly appreciative that a, you're still alive and b that you still have a job and a career because it's a big thing we've learned the last six months or this year so far is that like the world will change and things will throw be thrown in front of us and that's probably the biggest thing I've, I've learned I always feel like my job t- I had to write my job title something the other day and I was like I almost thought about writing firefighter because I was like all I do seem to do is put out problems and try and solve stuff all the time and, and I think that's one of the things we just have to take stuff on the chin because the reality we're always going to have personal challenges business challenges fitness challenges and we just have to understand like that's okay like that's cool we're all going to get stressed about stuff like that we're all going to have traumatic experiences in life but it's how we react to them which is our own conscious decision and that's probably what i've been learned most about myself the last this year so far is almost reducing my own anxiety in these situations and just trying to plan a way around when an obstacle comes up okay how can we deal with this in the most efficient manner um, and also leaning on other people for support and guidance and guidance. So don't be afraid to reach out and ask someone's second opinion or ask for help. Um, it's something I'm a big advocate along with, alongside educating myself. So the big thing I'm trying to do is read a lot more. I'm looking at a stack of books I'm trying to work through, um, which I'm slowly getting there. So that would be really what I'd say I probably learned is more just mindset in terms of reducing anxiety, be appreciative of what you have in life, and then probably have like a clear goal of like, this is where I want to go with everything and have a, a structure and a vision of who you want to be in 12 months time, who you want to be in two years time, who you, who you want to be in five years time. And then when you've got that, it's almost like a constant motivation of like, that's where I want to be at 35. That's where I want to be at 40. This is what the house will look like. I want to live in. These are what my kids will look like. This is what school I go to and really try and visualize like that's something I'm very much trying to get more into is like, I'm a bit of a believer in that law of attraction thing. If you, if you, vocalize and say something into the world and you believe in it like eventually it will happen like it's funny how often things like that happen in life and i know that will have happened to you brian where you you think about doing something and you speak about doing it publicly and then it happens and i I don't think there's any coincidence about that so that'd be probably the big things i've learned this year 
Yeah, I'm I'm the same as you. I'm very much a universe guy and a law of attraction guy. N- not in isolation, law of attraction with action. I'm like, you have to put in the work as well. Um, but I'm one of those people that I can honestly, hand on heart, say that any time I've ever asked for something, I've always got it into the sense that the universe gives you what you need. Not always what you want, but it'll give you what you need. Um, and I think if you keep your mind open and you keep your focus on the things that you want whether that's you know a body compositional goal relationship a job change whatever it is like i truly believe that it'll give you that if you are open to it it'll come into you not necessarily as i said i have to remind myself time and time again charlie that i'm like i'm getting what i need right now even if it's not what i want because that happens fucking a lot of times but i think that mindset is very helpful and supportive for people because you know look is just opportunity meeting preparation you're prepared for it and when opportunity presents itself you're willing to grab it with two hands um charlie i absolutely love that and i've just have one final question whether it's building on that or whether it's something completely different but what is it that you're most excited about right now uh two things firstly being able to travel again and explore the world and become a global globe trotter again because that's my favorite thing in life um that and then furthering my own education learning more about training nutrition like i want to be the like you you'll always keep learning more but i just want to keep learning uh, more and more and more constantly because i absolutely love fitness nutrition and then just keep on helping more people all, all over the world my um like a big thing for me is just giving people the self-belief that they can achieve results and that's why actually i, I love so much my shred eight program the eight week program i do because a lot of people need to get quick results sometimes to get the confidence in themselves that they can do that and then once they get results for say eight weeks it then compounds into okay what do we do now and that for me is like how can i get more people into fitness and get people into shape um, and something i'd love to do I, i'm not quite sure how to go about doing it but I was overweight as a teen and I'd love to be able to get into school somehow and like give some education and that side of things. Um, that'd be something I'd be incredibly passionate about, but I'm trying to work out the practicalities of how to do that, but maybe give me a few months. I think the fact that you've put that out into the universe now means that come back six, 12 months, <laughs> that's something that'll <laughs> definitely be happening. Charlie, uh, as always, we've had so many conversations on and offline. I love every single one of them because I always get so much from them personally. And um, can you tell everybody listening where is the best place for them to connect with you, to follow you online, or if they're thinking that you're going to be a good fit for them as a coach, where to reach out for you on, is it the website? Is it on social media? Give all of those links now and I'll pop them in today's show notes. Awesome. So in terms of the best place to get in touch with me, my Instagram is at Charlie Johnson Fitness. Uh, I've got my own podcast, which Brian's been on several times, we're very grateful for, which is called The Shredded Show. Um, so we've got loads of tips there in terms of fat loss and awesome guests on there like Brian. Um, and then in terms of programs, my eight-week program is www.shredden8.com. Uh, and if you're interested in more one-to-one coaching, just drop me a DM uh, directly on Instagram with the word shredded and we can uh, discuss if you're a good fit to work with me potentially. Love it. And for everyone listening, as I mentioned, it'll be in the show notes and in the description wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, etc. Charlie, keep smashing it, mate. Thank you so much again.